Pittsburgh Steelers got a huge win over the Cincinnati Bengals. We're going to talk about it all here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things in the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find the show on your favorite podcasting app and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of your daily Monday through Friday episodes as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making us your first listen every every day because we're your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Y'all, I'm going to say this right now. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. I'm recording this on the very early morning hours of Christmas Eve. This will be this will count as both the, the full episode responding to the Steelers win over the Bengals as well as our Monday episode. So do not expect a full Monday episode to come out uh, then uh, because uh, Chris needs a break and wants to celebrate holiday with his family. Uh, but how about Pittsburgh getting to celebrate a huge win and Maybe the best win this team has had in two years, 34-11, stomping the Cincinnati Bengals. And I mean stomping them into the dirt, putting them in the basement of the division. And what a response from this team, from all the drama, from all the noise, from all the people pointing at them, talking about them from local to national media, everything. And they come out and give you a game like this. And they didn't just beat the Bengals. They broke the Bengals. They made them quit. They made them quit a lot like when Tyler Boyd accused the Steelers of quitting just a couple years ago. And then it was Tyler Boyd, a Bengals receiver, who, by the way, is from the Pittsburgh area. He came out and and we talked about this on the Friday episode with Jenna Harner. He challenged the Steelers' camaraderie going into this game. Said, oh, they they don't back each other in that locker room. You see how they operate. Joey Porter Jr. told him to shut up during the week. And then the Steelers made him shut up during the game. And that was the response that you needed from this team. As you sweep the Bengals, you have a statement win, and it helps you refocus everything after everything looked like it was falling apart and the Steelers might lose out the season. All of that stops. And now you're sitting there with a chance to fight your way to the end. And then also, so many parts of this win, very impressive. Most points scored by the Steelers with 34 points. Most, most points scored in a Steelers game since – November 21st of 2021 in their loss to the Chargers when they scored 37 points. Largest margin of victory for the Steelers since their 27-3 win over the Jaguars on, on December, or excuse me, November 22nd of 2020. So we're talking about multiple things reached, and a lot of this has to do with Mason Rudolph. You got to give him a ton of credit. I know there's a lot of people that don't like Mason Rudolph, and I've even said on the show, like, hey, I wasn't sure if he would be able to do something like this. Man, he proved everyone, including me, wrong. 17 of 27, 295, two touchdowns, no interceptions, a 124 passer rating. That is the best passer rating for a starting Steelers quarterback since Ben Roethlisberger lit up the Philadelphia Eagles back way back on October 11th of 2020. And bigger than any of the numbers that Mason Rudolph posted up was his ability to read the field and and take what was there and execute the game plan. This is all I've been saying the Steelers have needed. They need a quarterback who can see 
see the field, take what's there, make the throw. You don't have to make all the throws. You don't have to be immaculate, but you just got to play competent football, understanding the game plan and attacking the right spots. And he absolutely did that. And listening to him talk about it, I thought it was very interesting how he talked about the game plan and how the game plan involved using Pat Fryermuth, who destroyed the Bengals in the last game, had 120 receiving yards when Kenny Pickett was the quarterback, and they knew the Bengals were going to key on him this game, so they played on that to get after the Bengals this game. I want you to listen to Mason Rove explain that and also talk about all the work he did all through all the two and a half years he's been riding the Steelers bench to get to this point. Here was Mason Rudolph in the, in the Steelers locker room, or excuse me, at the Steelers podium after the win. Mason, you guys chewed them up with Pat all last game, and they've been vulnerable against tight ends all year. Did you feel like they were maybe going to overreact to that and you would be able to get some some with George and Deontay as a result? Absolutely. Pat's um, <clears throat> been great for us. Coach D calls him a zone, <coughs> zone killer. He's so savvy with his feel for, for zone coverage and when to hook up and when to break in and out. And Kenny killed him with that in Cincinnati and so we, we and I felt like hey, they're going to be alert to that no, no question. So we wanted to have some answers other places and um, yeah, it's frustrating at times because we want to get back the ball but um, we, uh, we you know, got the ball to other people and move the chains. Mason, it seemed like you guys put a concert, you put a concerted effort into going through your progressions, play after play. What went into that effort after having so much time, you know, not not playing, not playing in, in regular season games? Yeah, I think as much as it's uh, as hard as it is to sit and watch for you know two and a half years, um, I think you can, you can sort of just go on autopilot mode, or you can try to improve and put yourself and say the call, call the play in the huddle. Snap count, you know, try to go through, simulate what you would do if you were in there. And, and um, I, th I think just when years go by, your football IQ improves. I credit that you know, to our staff and the Mike T. We've got great meetings in the morning where he kind of gives a synopsis from a defensive perspective. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I just felt good having the whole week of reps, man. You know, the last time I played, I was about out of you. 12 hours, 24 hours before, so it's nice to build the confidence through the Mason Rudolph had, knew the plan, learned the plan, stuck to it, looked composed all throughout, and that's all this, again, that's all this team needed was a guy to step up in that moment and do and do exactly that. And you can even hear him, hear the, you can hear it, that's the frustration, the pain of having to sit on the bench for years and just all he could do was just say the play, Go through it, go through the motions in your head and hope that you're learning it at a pace over again or that all that time. And man, you got to feel for Mason Rudolph. It, despite your feelings on him personally, he was also kind of emotional to start at the podium and emotional in a good way. Like you could see he was kind of just taking it in. He talked about, you know, after he threw that second touchdown pass, if you watched the broadcast, there was a there was a part where they showed him looking to the crowd. And he was like, ah, and you could he kind of was yelling at there. And he just feels like he's taking it in the moment. He explained to us that was him looking to his parents because he knew exactly where they were sitting. And they flew into town for this game, knowing that it, it was his start. And, you know, he even talked about this might have been his last start if he hadn't performed well. And to have that moment 
with his parents, with, with his success in the field, and the Steelers are controlling the game, and he's playing so well. Take a minute to imagine that all he's endured from Earl Thomas's hit to Miles Garrett assaulting him to getting benched for Devlin Hodges to getting his collar broke, ball, collarbone broken all in the same year, by the way, and then – Never given a chance by Ben Roethlisberger, who always talked talked that bad about him before he was even setting foot on the practice field, talking about his about how they they shouldn't have drafted him. Then talking about Dwayne Haskins, never saying anything good about Mason Rudolph. There were always friction with them, and then finally, when Ben Roethlisberger's gone, this team signed Mitch Trubisky, drafted Kenny Pickett. Mason Rudolph was never never pouted, never whined, just did it, just came in, worked, stayed focused. He deserves credit for that, and I've said that before. But to do all that and then follow it up with this, that's just a special day for him. That's just that—that that is a special memory for him. And you know, as a person who covers sports, you live to see stuff like that, man. That's that's truly special. He gets a game ball from Cam Hayward. However you feel, about, however you feel about Mason Rudolph, that guy earns a ton of respect for that for for that fight and for that fight that he showed and the the effort in the, into this game and for coming through for his team. Also. Another guy who I think earned or you know showed up and uh disproved a lot of people, George Pickens, who a lot of people said should have been benched for this game. And I mean a lot, not just fans, not just media people, but like former Steelers were talking about it on national media and, and it was being brought up. You know, Merrill Hodges said you can't win with that guy. Ryan Clark said he's a he's another cancer on the team. And Pickens could have kept being immature, could have been not focused and been like, you know what? I don't care what anybody says. I'm just going to do whatever I want to do, man. And, you know, he could have done that, but he didn't. And what did he do? He shut everybody up. Four catches, 195 yards, two touchdowns. Most receiving yards by Steelers is Antonio Brown in 2017. Most yards with uh, – I think that was the, the, the only – the last time – that someone got 195 receiving yards with two touchdowns was Antonio Brown back in 2013. That's how crazy of a performance that was from him. And he said he heard all of us, all the noise leading into that. Here was George Pickens at the podium after the game. George, overall, just this week, what will be your takeaway from you know, what the experience maybe taught you or what you learned through this? Uh, I'll probably just say, you know, I kept receipts for sure. Uh, but you know, guys and people, they just got a job to do. It's probably the biggest thing I've got George, did you feel like this this week of practice was any different with whether you or how the team took took day to day leading up to this game? Uh, not really. Uh, I know those guys. You know, we we kind of stay true to ourselves. So we don't really, like I said long before, we don't let the outside noise, whether it's me, whether it's one another, our guys. You know what I mean? We just kind of you know stay the course. What does it say about you guys to rally around each other while the, while there is that outside noise? Uh, it just says a lot about the connection and the communication. Uh, you know, people like to question that a lot, but that really just shows you personally. George, how motivated were you by some of the outside noise and the criticism that was going on this week? Uh, I was just playing, you know, the best I could, to be honest. Uh, like I said, I'm known true to myself. Uh, I literally have, you know, highlights, and black highlights. I know who I am personally. But uh, like I said, I just came out here. George, is there anything that that Coach Tomlin said said to you like like this past week or anything that, that stuck out to you that might have helped motivate you or anything going into this? Uh, he was like always how he is, you know what I mean? Uh, he don't really say much to me, he just told me, you know, keep my head down and keep working. Uh, and that's um, like I said, I pride myself on personally, so that's pretty much what I did. There you have George Pickens. 
also another thing he said I didn't get to include was that he, you know, someone asked if he knew that he went over a thousand receiving yards um uh, for the Steelers. And uh he said, honestly, I didn't know that. Uh he's like, I was kind of focused on just trying to, you know, win the game, make plays, focus on myself. And uh, all right, all right, George Pickens. Heck of a response after all the heat that had been on him. And uh, there's a lot of fire in that guy. You hear this. I love how like composed and like calm his talking was. He wasn't saying that like, ah, he was just saying, hey, I heard. I heard everything that was being said. I made plays. So there's that. But you can see the fire in him on the field because, man, he had it in this game. And the Bengals had no answer for him as he cooked them up, up and down the field uh, throughout throughout this game. We're gonna get to more on him later, but we gotta we gotta address this the, the main question that everyone's thinking right now in Pittsburgh. Do you start Mason Rudolph against the Seahawks next week, even if Kenny Pickett comes back and says he's healthy? We'll talk about that next after this break here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. But first, I want to remind you, this show is also brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook is the number one sportsbook in America, and you need to take advantage of their opportunities that they're giving you right now. New customers can get $100 and $150 in bonus bets back with, with by winning any $5 money line bet. So you've heard me give you this promo before. If you bet $5 on the Steelers to beat the Bengals, guess what? That means you just got back $150 back in bonus bets on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action the app is super easy to use you can bet on spreads player props over unders and if you watch the the stream of the locked on nfl stream i said the steelers might hit the over in this game 38 and a half points and lo and behold it happened kyle crab kyle crabs of, of locked on dolphins he didn't think they could do it but i told him he would and if you if you listen to me you made some money on fanduel sportsbook the number one sportsbook in america so visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get all in on all the action throughout the nfl season as we get closer and closer to the playoff again that's fanduel.com slash locked on fanduel an official partner of the nfl Back here in the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. We continue to talk things about the Steelers after their 34-11 stomping of the Cincinnati Bengals. And I mean stomping. They beat that team to the ground. But let's let's talk for a second about a little bit about looking forward to the future. A major goal for this season, if we're talking about Rudolph and Pickett for this for the Seahawks game, a major goal for this season, we have to, we have to acknowledge, was to evaluate Kenny Pickett and to see if he could be the guy long-term. And that's still a goal you would like to achieve. So there's a side there that says that if Kenny Pickett's healthy, you got to start him. And there's some people out there that feel that way. But there's another side to that argument that says, your offense hasn't looked this good since Ben Roethlisberger wasn't old. Like, legit. Like, the, you, you haven't seen this. And... This is a hot hand, and it'd be different if Kenny Pickett had some hot hands like this. If he had, you know, a four touchdown game in his in his wheelhouse, but he he's had two two touchdown games in his career. You need to ride that out. I I say I say you start Rudolph, and if he stinks or gets hurt, you put Pickett in. And again, that's if Kenny Pickett's healthy. We I you know it seemed like he was close to getting to healthy for for this game. If if he wasn't healthy. You know, you know, whatever they obviously benched him, but even if he is healthy this this next week, you don't have to just rush him back. You can say you're protecting him as he's still coming back from injury, and you can make him the number two quarterback for the for the week while Mason Rudolph gets the start. Similar to how Ben Roethlisberger was benched for a Browns game 
uh, and Landry Jones started. And everyone knew Ben Roethlisberger was the guy, but it was like, hey, Ben, you're still kind of banged up. Uh, Landry Jones could go in for you. And then lo and behold, the Browns injured Landry Jones. Ben Roethlisberger came in and whooped them anyways. Uh, but uh, I, I think you got to give Mason Rudolph the chance to continue what he did in this game because you need this offense to find some rhythm, man. And uh, if if the if the rhythm ain't there, you put in picket and you just you said, OK, well, we gave that a shot. Mason, thank you for your services. But if you come out and he gives you another strong performance, then you're building something. And I say with the luck that they've had on the offense, you got to ride that. And I, let's also point this out. I focused a lot on Rudolph and a lot on Pickens, but this was a really good performance from a lot of players on offense. Calvin Austin got a touchdown. Uh, Miles Boykin even caught a pass in this game. Allen Robinson was pretty solid. Uh, Darnell Washington caught a pass. The offensive line blocked their butts off. They bullied the Bengals off of the line. Najee Harris had a strong running game. Jalen Warren with one of the best blocks I have ever seen from a running back who was lead blocking for a wide receiver. Also, how about that? He literally said after the when we asked him about the George Pickens non-block play against the Colts, he said, "You know what? If he if that was him, if that was him running and me blocking, I'd I'd block for him." And then that next game utterly flattens a linebacker who was like at least like looked like twenty five percent bigger than him. Must the guy must have had like another forty pounds on on Jalen Warren? Didn't matter. He put him on his back, and then Calvin Austin gets to go in the end zone right off of that block huge effort from him and so that's the thing you can say uh we, we could talk about this offense a lot but i gotta get to this defense because defense allowed 11 points and i'll explain why that's big because i'm gonna say oh there was no jamar chase there was no there's no joe burrow it's jake browning it's not a big deal uh, not if you look at the last few games they had played because the Bengals have been coming in with a plan to get the ball to their backers it's how they've been beating beating good teams and teams that are playoff teams but the Steelers took that away, and it was all part of the plan that the Steelers had concocted going into this game. Here's Mike Tomlin when I asked him about that plan and how he felt the Steelers responded. Was, was there a concerted effort to limit their passing game to their running backs? It seemed like that was a big source for them in recent. No, we talked about it at the top of the week that there had been an emergence of their backs inclusion in the passing game. I think Joe Mixon had caught 12 balls since the last time we played them in, in Brown's um, evolution in, in terms of what they were doing, and so – you know, I think that had been happening, and 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 I think that was one of the reasons why Browning was was playing so efficiently and, and completing passes at such a high rate um, because it, you know, there's very little risk in terms of including those guys in the passing game, particularly the way that he was. I think it's very notable that the Steelers pulled off a plan to limit limit those guys there because uh, this was a Bengals offense that was moving the ball and was doing a lot, and this is a Steelers defense that had been struggling and was down to their backups of their backups uh, in multiple positions, and they dominated the Bengals in, 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 a, in a sweep. And it should be noted, in the last five games when they've had this offense, when they've played other teams in the last five games, they've averaged 31.6 points. Their offense has been nigh unstoppable. They, they've been crushing people. Jake Browning, everyone's talking about, I mean, his numbers looked better than Joe Burrow's when, when it was out there. Everyone's like, wow, this guy's the guy. Why did the Vikings cut him? Why did everyone pass up from him? Everyone should have just, just, just signed him and all this stuff. And then he plays the Steelers, and he averages 10.5 points across two games. 10 points the last game, 11 points this game. 
dominated, took took all the way. By the way, those teams that, that they scored on, by the way, they weren't, you know, they weren't the two win teams the Steelers were supposed to beat up on. They were the Jaguars, the Colts, and the Vikings, all three teams that if the playoffs started right now, they'd be in the playoffs. So Bengals deserve credit for winning those games, but the Steelers deserve credit for dismantling their offense and and crush and crushing them there. And again, doing so with backups on backups on backups and just Guys being placed all over the place. Patrick Peterson and Eric Rowe at safety. Both of them getting interceptions in this game, by the way. Miles Jack coming in and taking the green dot when Landon Roberts goes down. Miles Killebrew was even coming onto the field, helping at linebacker. Uh, Mark Robinson, Michael Walker were both good filling in. Joey Porter Jr., by the way. According to the next gen stats, he followed Higgins for about I think 32 of like 40 snaps or whatever that they that they had. He allowed one catch on two targets for 15 yards to T. Higgins. And T. Higgins went off on another play where he caught the Steelers on a zone on a zone play where I think Michael Walker drifted out of out of position and that that that, that happened. But when you get the kind of performance from the defense where you allow 11 points. That, that, that's a heck of a play. Also, Patrick Peterson, who we talked about the, this past week, the benefit of him switching to safety, looked pretty good, looked always in position, made an interception. Maybe he could be the guy there. Maybe that's a huge switch. We've been talking about it. I, I think that maybe he found something there, and it's only it's only a game and a half. It's only, it's only a game and a half. But the communication factor, keeping everyone on the same, same page, that could be huge for the Steelers down the line and of course we cannot forget the man the myth the legend tj watt another sack 17 on the year he caused two holds forced to fumble in this game caused two holding calls got a full start uh penalty because he was just kicking jonah williams but up and down the field again i make my case that that man is defensive player of the year he's the best defensive play- player in football they're holding him they're doing everything they can to stop him they still can't Alex Highsmith also gets a sack and an interception and a huge interception where he was playing a deep zone and he just played it perfectly and took the ball away from the Bengals. Big factor, big factor in this game. Both of them were Alex Highsmith talked about how the Steelers practiced all week and how they're still hungry. And this is again, why I think that there's, there's something here and you hear, I want you to hear how Alex Highsmith talks here because he's not just, giving them credit, the Steelers credit for how they worked going into this game. He's talking about how they want a lot more than just beating the Bengals on on a, on Saturday night football. Here's Alex Highsmith at the podium after the game. Alex, did you feel you guys had a different air about practice that week, this week that led to these results? Yeah, I mean, I, I just think, you know, we were, you know, tired of being, you know, three games was a streak, you know, it, it hurts, you know, especially, you know, when you work hard, um, you know, before everything into this game. So just to be able to come back and win and, and get a statement win against a division team was huge for us. And so, um, you know, we just got to make that consistent. We just got to build on it next week. And like I said, it's still in one week. And so um, we just got to build, we'll build on that next week. We got to go in and analyze the film and see which ways we can be better. You know, I know we won the game today, but there's a lot of ways that we can be better. And so um, myself included. And so we just got to continue to get better. This isn't a team that's patting itself on the back right now. This is a team that's saying, hey, we got to get right back to it because if we want any shot at the playoffs, we got to win these next games. That's the focus you want to see. This team isn't done just yet. And I want to talk about how, why they're not done and we'll look, take a look at the playoffs and what the Steelers are, are looking at moving forward here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Stick with us. We still got a lot to discuss. 
But first, I want to remind you, this show is also brought to you by GameTime. GameTime is the app that you can download right to your phone or go to the website GameTime.co, but you can buy tickets to your favorite events, and that process shouldn't be stressful in the least. GameTime is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all your sports, music, comedy, theater events near you. They give you killer deals even on last-minute tickets, and they even let you buy tickets up to an hour after an event has started, and they have the best price guarantee that can't be beat, so you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for their fun that you're about to have. If you're ever running late to an event and you thought, hey, I'll, I'll save money because I'll wait till the day of the event and maybe i'll get a great price on a ticket then you see you're outside the arena of whatever event that you're going to and you see scalpers and you're like mm, do i take the chance because i might get scammed out of my tickets don't go to the scalpers don't go to ticket booth go to a game time app that you can have right on your phone when you look at your phone you can see the view of the seats from there and you can see all the price differences so you know that you're getting the best price every single time and game time is so confident they're going to give you the best price their best price guarantee basically says if you buy tickets to an event through game time and then you see tickets in the same section on a row for less somewhere else on a different app game time will credit give you a credit of 110 percent of the difference of those prices that's how confident they are that's how confident i am you need to download the game time app today the next time you want to buy tickets to, to, to a game a concert anything that, that has tickets Game time will help you find it. And when you download the game to map, create an account and use code locked on NFL and for $20 off your first purchase, or go to their website, gametime.co. Term and conditions apply. Create an account and redeem code locked on NFL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We're back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. We continue our discussion here of the Steelers' big win over the over the Cincinnati Bengals. We need to discuss a few things here. Uh, for one, I have been on this show, and I've been critical, and I've said that things need to get better from uh, that of one head coach, Mike Tomlin. And uh, they and he deserved uh, he deserved blame. Yeah, he got blamed for the for the three losing for the game three game losing streak, blowing the Steelers' chances at you know being in the conversation for for not just winning the division but the one seed, and he should get the blame. And a lot of people have given it to him, but if he gets the blame for the losses, you got to give him credit for the wins, and he better get credit for this win because this game plan on offense and on to to use Frymuth as a distraction and spread the ball around with a third string quarterback with an offense that had very little confidence going into this game huge deep on the defensive side, taking away the running backs and the screens, bringing pressure, still disguising coverages with all the backups on the backups, the practice squatters, the guys who were on their couches just a little bit ago. Miles, Miles Jack was playing Call of Duty and like trying to learn how to fly and stuff or whatever, going, you know, before the Steelers called him up and brought him in. And they have they got prepared enough to deliver all of that. The difference was execution, hitting on the plays right in front of you, making sure that you're capitalizing on your opportunities that are designed up for you. And just doing that alone can change everything for a team because when you hit on that, you start to build momentum, you start to see that confidence, and then it starts to become infectious and it starts spreading to other guys. And I think that's what you saw in this game because you saw complimentary football. The Steelers coming out, getting a stop, this the, this, and then the Steelers offense – Getting, getting points. Then after that, Steelers force a turnover. The Steelers the offense gets more points. They were able to keep contributing. We also got a, a renegade turnover in this game with Alex Highsmith's inter- interception. That kind of stuff can build and can turn a season around when everything looked lost and it was it was it was as darkest as it has looked all season long until the dawn came with this win. Now, who's to say? Uh, does this mean that they've fixed everything and that they're going to keep building and that everything's been changed for this team? 
They still have to prove that. Just like I said, they had to prove whether or not they were dead when they were when they had lost three straight and were seven and seven and seven. It's all about stay, staying focused on the next thing and keeping there, and not just do you know pronouncing doom and gloom or pronouncing sunshine and rainbows for the futures. I think that that's where the Steelers team is right now. Is that they need to keep fighting if they they still need to win out and they still need to get some help if they want to make the playoffs. Part of the help could be if the Colts lose and the Texans lose this up on on Sunday. I'm recording this very early. It's like three in the morning uh, going into Sunday um, as I'm recording this. I'm going to have to do a lot of Christmas shop. Not a lot of Christmas shopping. I've done like 80% of my job. Go, go me. Um, but uh, point being, the Steelers could get some help this weekend, but it's not mandatory they get that help. It would certainly help them. Regardless, there's a lot of strong responses across the roster from this team in this game. George Pickens, a guy who I really believe a lot of the offensive hopes of this team center around him becoming that super playmaker at the wide receiver position. This could have been a disaster. Tomlin starting him, and if he pouts or if he does poorly and, and things go sh shamefully and the Steelers lose this game and, and he gets worse, you're going to hear booing. You're going to hear problems. You're going to hear everything. And what did they do? He just went out and outperformed and beat the Bengals showed that the Steelers were the better team than the Cincinnati Bengals. And he was a big part of them proving it on the field for a second time this year. Also have now beaten them three out of the last four times. They played the Bengals very interestingly, very interestingly enough there. Um, but let's, let's, let, let, let's, let's keep going with that because Tomlin started this guy and a lot of people were criticizing him. I was thinking, why would you start George Pickens? Why would you do that? You know, with all the things that he said and Mike Tomlin said, we we're, we're sticking by him. You know, we believe in him and he was rewarded two plays in, into the game for the offense. He hits that 86 yard touchdown and then throughout it kept making plays, kept being focused. Now, does this mean he's grown up? Will, will he grow up very soon? Uh, who knows if that's going to if that's going to happen? I, I still think that he still has growing to go. In fact, he opened up his press conference with what he wanted to make a statement about what he said uh, to the media because Mike Tomlin said he shouldn't address the media the way you know, address us in the media the way that he has that this past this past week. And uh, um, George Pickens did not say I'm sorry or I apologize or anything that showed any contrition. Was just he just basically explained it. It was just like I believe in myself. And uh, a lot of you guys said some stuff about me. There's that. It was kind of just like oh okay George that that wasn't an apology but all right that's that that that's fine I guess but. That's but this is all about managing managing players, managing talented guys to get the most most out of them. If he plays like he does today and he doesn't fully mature, you know, I think that it's something that you could work with until he does. That's why I think Mike Tomlin is is doing it. That's why you put up with it at times because you're putting up with it, but you're also challenging him to be better. It's like how Tomlin managed Antonio Brown for nine seasons. People thought that man was completely sane for some years. And I think there were times he was sane when he worked for the Steelers. So Mike Tomlin, maybe he knows something with handling guys who can be a lot and can appear tough to work with if you see them and how they, they interview sometimes. Also, I, we, we got to acknowledge something else. If the Steelers are going to keep pushing forward, the defense probably isn't going to be able to do what, they're, what, they, what they've done by allowing 11 points to a team that had been averaging – over 30 points a game in three previous contests. Um, and that's not a shot at anyone on the defense side of the ball, but Landon Roberts left the game with a peck injury. That usually means you're done for the season. It means that all three of the linebackers that they signed at the start of the season would be gone. Um, 
And uh, that's that's going to come back to bite you at some point. Like you can't like it's just it's just a, a reality. All these injuries. It's, it's nice when you're able to pull it together and get a win with those. But eventually teams are going to find it's much it's much easier to find weaknesses against those practice squad guys. That's why they're practice squad guys than the starters that you're paying for. It's much easier to game plan for that. And that's going to be something that teams exploit at some point. But Steelers deserve a lot of ton of credit for fighting through that. Miles Jack comes on, looks comfortable back in with the green dot, was calling out runs before they even happened. I was using my binoculars watching the game, you know, uh, at the, from the press box. And like there were some plays where the Bengals would motion and he was like, they're going this way. And you could see him kind of like motion the whole team and the, the line would shift with him and they'd stuff the run. He was prepared. They were prepared. That speaks to the preparation and the work that they, they put it in to execute and have that confidence. And, Maybe, you know, he just needs to do enough to kind of keep everyone in line up there if, if, if a Landon Roberts is indeed done for the season. But if this defense gets back Minka Fitzpatrick, I think it can do enough just to at least win two more games. It's tough to say because they're going to have to be ready to fight for. You know, it's tough to say because they're going to this is going to be, you know, the Seahawks on the road. Seattle is always a tough place to play. That place is loud. It's a long it's a long West Coast trip. Um, there's a lot of factors there. And then you're going on the road to Baltimore, a really good team. One of the best teams in the NFL. We'll see if they win on Christmas night against against the 49ers. That's going to be a, a fun one to watch. Um, but I, I think regardless if they do it, you see that this team is ready to fight to prove it. And that's what you wanted to see out of the locker room. That's what you wanted to see after the struggles that you saw. Sure, you wanted to see it earlier. You wanted to see it, you know, for the Cardinals game. You wanted to see it after the after the Cardinals game, for the Patriots game. You wanted to see it in the Colts game. But the fact of the matter is that they are, they've got it now. They've had the resilience, the heart, the focus, and they've given themselves a fighting chance. They gotta keep fighting to keep proving it. And we'll see if they do here down the stretch. Merry Christmas to everybody. Happy holidays to y'all. Again, this is our sort of Christmas episode. I'm recording it very early in the morning going into Christmas Eve. Um, so there will not be another Monday show. This will serve as our Monday show, but we will be back Tuesday. I'm going to try to figure out time to break down film while I'm doing all this Christmas stuff, but we'll get to all of that. I just want to say thank you to everyone who tunes into the show. Um, that was probably my last home game of the year to cover because the Steelers, that was the last home regular season game. And if they make the playoffs, they'd be a wild card team and they'd have to like get to the AFC championship game and then hope a lower seed gets in to play them. So probably my last time at the field, but at, at Acrisure Stadium for for the for a while. But um it's it's great hosting with y'all. I want to give a big shout out to Carrie, uh, a friend of a friend of the show who DM'd me and met up with me um before the uh uh, Carrie Branch before the before the game, uh, she said she was a big fan of the show. We had met up before. Uh, Carrie, thank you so much for riding with us all all the time. Uh, appreciate you. Appreciate all of our everydayers, all the people that come on this show. Come, come on, check out this show. Uh, shout out also to my man Nathan Glass. He called me all week and he was saying, "Chris, you're wrong, man. Mason Ruff's gonna do it. He's gonna beat these Bengals down. He's gonna have a big lead." And man, I. I was just like, okay, Nate, I hear you, I hear you, but I apologize, Nathan, you were right. 
So I just want to say thank you to all the fans. I wish you all a happy holiday season, whatever you whatever you celebrate. Thank you for for uh, enjoying some of that time with me here on the show. You all are very appreciated for what we do here at Locked On Steelers. I'm Chris Carter. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. You could read my work at the Pittsburgh Post Gazette, uh, post-gazette.com for that. And you can find me here every day, Monday through Friday, on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Sometimes on the weekend, like these episodes, and uh, we will have you covering. Uh, we'll have your Pittsburgh Steelers covered all. All, uh, all all season long. We'll be back Tuesday with more on your Pittsburgh Steelers right here on the Locked on Steelers podcast. Merry Christmas to everyone.